0: Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts Ravi
1: and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports.
0: Welcome to another episode of uh, Masala PTI Boys and Girls. This is your host, uh, Arvind. I have uh, Ravi with me here. Uh, Ravi, this is uh, that part of the season or off-season where we transition from uh, NBA to NFL, especially given the Suns' magical run in the NBA Finals. How are you handling the transition? I'm really not yet in full fantasy or football mode. Uh, I'm barely getting into that fantasy football mode. How about you?
1: Same here, Arvind. Then hi hi to you and to all the listeners. I agree with you that I'm still not uh, rammed up to researching about fantasy or for that matter even being very excited because I'll tell you what, the Suns' magical run had me get so geeked about basketball and more specifically the Suns that I ended <laughs> up being more focused on Team USA at the Olympics and even the damn summer league, the Las Vegas summer league (laughs) and to see how Jalen Smith and Tyshawn Alexander are going to do for the Suns. Uh, So it took me a while to get somewhat back into fantasy football mode, but I think I'm almost there.
0: Let's start there. What did you think of uh, Jalen Smith? I didn't catch a lot of the summer league. I don't Typically, I'm not a preseason guy in any sport, uh, but I did catch some of the summer league this time, I have to be honest, but not much of Jalen Smith specifically. How how did he look? What do you think? I know it's summer league. We shouldn't read too much into it. But what's your take?
1: Yeah, and same here. And I, frankly, this was the first uh, summer league uh, set of games that I watched in, I think, ever. So, I've never actually mm-hmm. watched. A, it just happened to be that it quickly followed the finals run. So, I had to kind of, I was just curious to see who they bring in. And obviously, they brought in no one worth their salt other than uh, Jalen Smith and Tyshawn Alexander. I was not impressed at all with Jalen Smith. I know he kind of averaged a double-double over four, five games and all of that. But, you know, he seems too raw to be able to contribute as it stands right now in year two. That's my honest opinion. And to be Mm -hmm. honest, Erwin, I actually thought that the other kid Alexander, Tyshawn Alexander seemed more ready to give five to seven minutes a game to the Suns. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I know he's kind of a fringe player and all of that. But I kind of can see how, if it is true, how or why after the first two games of the Summer League, the Suns kind of amped up some of their... To create conversations or at least to see if there was any possibility he he he's, he's not all that is what I felt I see
0: yeah, I mean, I saw the numbers which seemed impressive, but then again there are summary numbers and you know how it goes right some people are always optimistic and positive and some people have uh, have been hyping him like, oh he's got an inside game and an outside game and he's tough inside because I think. He led uh, all the players in rebounds per game, or something like that, which is uh, which is not a bad uh, statistic to have at any level. So they were hyping up the fact that he's getting stuff done, uh, you know, inside as well as hitting or taking at least shots outside, which I thought was interesting. But you're right, I. I I I don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, expectation for him. Um, maybe just let him grow. And maybe later in the season, I'm thinking he needs to be productive, maybe. But then pivoting to their offseason, Ravi, you know, let's talk about what they did in free agency. The Not much, obviously. They're a championship-caliber team, so they don't have to do much either. However, their biggest moves were re-signing... Uh, Their own folks, right? I think they got uh, Chris Paul locked up, which was to be expected. More surprisingly, they got uh, Cameron Payne locked up too. Uh, It's a pretty good deal. I think three years 18 or three years 19 or something. And then, of course, uh, they had a smaller move around Abdul Nader or somebody, but that's not very significant. I think the only significant guy they lost, Ravi, was Gray, Craig. And in terms of free agency, they got uh, Javale McGee, who'll give them that backup center, which I thought was a good pickup. And I think Alfred Payton was a late pickup, and he should be a good uh, guard, backup guard as well. Uh, overall, I was happy with what they did. Uh, any disappointment or any excitement for you with the with the off-season moves? I thought it was kind of. Workmanlike, go get the job done type of offseason. Nothing fancy or disastrous.
1: Yeah, the only thing I was disappointed in Arvin was that the media hacks were not more happy with what the Suns did because you used the perfect word. It was a very much of a let's fill the needs, not get too aspirational kind of an offseason. Very workmanlike, as you said. And right. clearly plugged the gaps that we started to see as the postseason went along. You know, the, the, the tough games against the Clippers and then, of course, games three through six against the Bucks. You could see that we lacked toughness or basically even a body behind Aiton. And, and Magee that way, I think, has been one of the you know, under most underrated deals of the offseason. I actually liked him I mean, right from the time when he was with the, with the Warriors. Right. and don't forget Landry Shamet because I know that at least in two or three of our own podcasts we talked about how no one other than CP3 and Booker can create their own shot to some extent. Cam Johnson was able to do that, and that's where I find that you get someone like Shamet. A he can to some extent create a shot, but also he's basically a good spot up shooter. We yes, basically yes. lack juice. When Paul was injured or looked off color, and Booker's shots are not going in, we looked very discombobulated. And I think that way, both uh, the Landry, shame and uh, uh, the uh, the even the uh, El- the Patent, the Alfred Patent deal, mm-hmm. I think is 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 James Jones doing exactly what you said, which is we have a few gaps to fill. Right, let's be confident about who we are and what our identity is, and let's just plug those gaps. I was very impressed by what the Suns did exactly. Actually, you said don't forget Shamat, I
0: literally forgot actually that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because that was not free agency, they traded for him. Uh, obviously, I'm a big Javon Carter fan too, but uh, you got to give up something to get something, but yeah, sure, I think he gives them another shooter. Ravi, I think you are a little bit more optimistic than me on his uh, ability to create his own shot. But you know, he can try sometimes. But he's definitely a, a reliable shooter, I believe, and he's actually decent defensively. He's kind of, a, uh, you know, underrated defender, I would say, depending on which guy you put him on. Yeah. So overall, I agree with you that Maggie is probably. Uh, the most useful guy in terms of you know, if you look at what they had to deal with when Aiton went to bench, went to the bench during the playoffs, I think that position became really important. And Maggie is very, uh, like you said, underrated, and he will fit that role well. He is actually not usually capable of playing a lot of minutes, but he don't have to with the Suns uh right. that that works really well i think overall and the other thing ravi is i think in the last uh pod if you remember i think i was a little bit more skeptical of the chris paul signing than you were uh i think uh, we both knew it was going to happen and he had to get paid but i said something to the effect that you should at least have a very detailed discussion about that right uh, it turns out the deal is not actually that bad for the sons it's yes. relatively uh, what was reported initially versus what it actually ended up being. I feel like the sons are not in that bad a position even later in his uh, in in this deal even when he gets to like you know 38 39 or whatever his age is going to be. I think they have some outs and partial guarantees and things like that I thought that was interesting.
1: Yes, indeed. In fact, uh, the partial guarantee uh, clause starts in year three itself, and year four is actually a team option. Right. So, so I think I, I completely agree. And both in his case as well as most definitely in Cameron Payne's case, I think both those players have to be commended for, you know, being ready for kind of a loyalty discount or whatever you call it, because Payne definitely could have gotten, you know, upwards of 10 to 11 million per year from one of the more mediocre teams. And I think he could have, you know, quote unquote, contributed more in that scenario. But I kind of liked, for what it's worth, an old school agreement where, you know, the player feels that he owes back something. And in that sense, three years, 18 or 19 million for Payne was an absolute steal.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I think both the both those deals were good. In a lot of ways, uh I felt like, you know, we living in the Bay Area, the Suns off season mirrored a little bit of the Warriors off season in the sense that they didn't break the bank or just bring in all these sexy names, but they also filled specific uh gaps. And i I'm sure Suns have a lot to look forward to uh, next year with these enhancements, if you will. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, really. So, the X, the Christmas uh, schedule was released. Yes. Today. Did you see it? <laughs> so, Suns obviously saw made that. it, which is, saw I guess, that. a no brainer, but still a big change from where they were uh, even 12 months back, right? Um, what did you think of the schedule? I am a little bit disappointed. I, I, I thought it would actually. Replay. I, I thought it would have been perfect to replay the finals on that day. I was guessing. Uh, Actually,
1: my right. projection was it would be Bucks at Suns on Christmas Day. Right. I'm not disappointed about uh, Warriors at Suns. Uh, just because, again, to me, it is, al- it is uh, almost, uh, uh, in a way, a- an honor for the Suns to even be featured on a Christmas Day schedule.
0: Right. It is. Uh, so, they have Knicks, Hawks, Bucks, Celtics. Suns at Warriors, uh, Lakers, Nets and Jazz, Mavericks. I don't think it's Suns at Warriors. Probably Warriors at Warriors
1: Sunset, at
0: Suns. Yeah, right. Yeah, Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you know, not to go too much schedule geek on our listeners. The only th- thing I would have changed, the things I would have changed, is I think they nailed the Knicks, Hawks and Lakers, Nets. Right. I think it should be uh, Suns, Bucks, Warriors. I'm okay with the teams making it. I mean, of course, Mavs. I have Luca, you know, potential MVP candidate, and even the Boston. They're not going to be that great, but I think they always have a good viewership. And Tatum is a budding star, so I'm okay with all of that. I would actually, I'm actually surprised with Utah. I thought they would have Pelicans and Zion in that spot uh because he's a bit of a draw and then i would really was hoping they would do a suns bucks uh then you could do you know pelicans celtics maybe and warriors luka or something like that uh, that's that's the way i would have gone but anyways it's good to have these teams in there and suns warriors uh you know especially for you and me uh that will be a fun match it will be
1: that way, at least, yeah, that, I think it's definitely something to look forward to. In fact, uh, you know, for what it's worth, as it stands right now, that might end up being the most uh, uh, fun game off that slate.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, it's not a bad one at all. Uh, anything else you want to hit on the NBA side of things before we uh, see what uh, where you are with uh, fantasy football? I'm still really early in my yeah. research. Uh, anything else yeah. on the NBA side?
1: I mean, not overall on the NBA side, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, I also was hooked on to Team USA at the Olympics. And the other, from a Phoenix Suns perspective, it was actually quite reassuring to see Pop kind of put so much confidence in Booker. Booker practically started every game after that first game where obviously he had just arrived and all that. And I don't know, Arvind, if you noticed uh, kind of throughout the, 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 the tournament, uh he was basically taking the other team's lead guard on you know on a half or a full court press and I, I thought that was a positive momentum in his growth as a player and you know it's one of those things and i know bill Simmons says this all the time that people or players who are upcoming when they're budding stars when they they make a run with team usa at the olympics they come back to the following season the following nba season much better players, and for, I mean that's something which I feel is a is a is a very welcome thing to look forward to come October of this year. Definitely, yeah, that's one of the
0: uh, one of Bill Simmons' pet peeves, right? I think he was specifically upset with Booker when he said no. Uh, he, I don't know if it was last World Cup, maybe FIBA World Cup or whatever. So this year, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. He may be a little bit even more, you know, focused and better than he was. And you are right, he got a. he was one of the key guys there, you know, obviously it was Kevin Durant and everybody else. Speaking of Ravi, how amazing. Yes. I was just thinking, you know, how would it feel in life to be as good as Kevin Durant is at basketball, I just want to be that good at something, anything, right? So you go yeah, with yeah, Team USA. Yeah. Literally, we used to call this Dream Team, but we have retired that name. But this is the world's best basketball players, right? But still, this guy is like a level above everybody. Else. Head and
1: shoulders above everyone else. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was just ridiculous watching him. And you're, you hit the nail. I mean, this literally was the best compilation of players that, you know, the, the Basketball Federation could come up with. And this guy felt like he was playing a completely different game. Right. It's just amazing. But uh, yeah, but Booker was
0: definitely in that second rank of important players. And uh, I'm sure he learned a bunch of tricks from KD as well. So, all right, let's, uh, definitely. Uh, uh, you know, make the transition uh, to the, uh, you know, football side of things. I know we are all big fantasy geeks, but I've not yet gotten into the mode, Ravi. So, uh, tell me where you are and, and what's uh, catching your eye early uh, in the season. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll I'll throw you one one thing at you. Which you know, as caught as, me by as surprise yeah. in my initial research, this will probably make sense to me uh, as I read a little bit more. Uh, As you know, I have the third pick, right? So I'm looking at the top of the draft and I'm kind of surprised where Derek Henry is. Tell me why he's not number one.
1: Okay, so the only thing I can think of, Arvind, is the stat geeks who also happen to be fantasy analysts who go back to the whole running backs who have piled up more than... X amount of carries over Y number of years in their, you know, third year or fourth year ah, are okay. never, never able to do the same thing. And they, yeah, and so the, here's the thing, though. And while that may end up being true, it may still not be logically correct, right? It may happen because there is always a chance that a player can regress from their peak. But right. to me, the fact that you are using the success of this man over a sustained period as the reason why he will not succeed again is kind of foolish logic.
0: Yes, so but but to your point, I think that's the only logical explanation after what this man has done over the last two years. I I just opened up the rating and I was kind of surprised to see him where he is. Not that I'm complaining. Looks like he may be, even be available for me if I want him at three, right? But then, to your point, Ravi, maybe I do the research and and all that data skews my uh, impression as well, right? But just as a first impression, I thought I would see him in some ranking. He's at like five, so yeah, I was like, he's... "Wow, that's that's surprising." So,
1: um... and if if I'm if I'm not wrong, there are I mean the same maybe it's the same rankings that you're talking about he's behind someone like Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, this is again for someone to say that let's pick the by far the best player at his position as early as I can. So, I can see why Travis Kelsey gets picked. But if it is three running backs being picked ahead of Derek Henry, I think that is <laughs> faulty logic to begin with.
0: Right. And, and and the other concern to me is like, uh, you know, as I, I won McCaffrey in two consecutive years and I'm... I know what he can do. He was injured last year, but uh, they are counting on him again, uh, which may be fine, right? Because I don't... I think he had like weird injuries like upper body and stuff like that. But still, I was a little bit surprised to see the McCaffrey hype train at still 100. Uh, uh, of course, Darwin Cook makes a little bit more sense, but one of the attractions with Henry is he's... Pretty at least so far, he has been pretty durable, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the thing that some of these other guys who are ahead of him are missing. But anyway, I will we'll get into more of the boom bust that kind of stuff later uh, this summer. Uh, what are what are some of the things that you want to talk about in terms of fantasy football or real football, for that matter? Have you been watching any of the NFL preseason?
1: No, no. The NFL preseason, to your earlier comment, uh, NFL preseason has never kind of piqued my interest. Other than I do watch Hard Knocks just for the drama of it, not necessarily for which players do well in you know, especially in the first week or two weeks of preseason because half of them end up getting cut anyways. So I don't as much follow NFL preseason as I do, you know, practice reports or what's going on with, you know, the the different NFL beats and all that. So based on that, a couple of thoughts that come to mind, and the first one of which is already biased towards the team that we follow, the Cardinals, but it seems like across the nation, Rondell Moore seems to be picking up a lot of very positive uh, vibes, right? I mean, and I guess some of his speed uh, was... Uh, being talked about before the or during the combine, but it was evident, I believe, in the preseason game as well. And I did not watch the Cardinals game, but uh, it seems like he's someone to keep an eye on as a late-round flyer. Um, uh, Okay. Especially if inevitably A.J. Green ends up getting injured or Christian Kirk flops after a good couple of weeks. So, Rondell Moore is one guy that uh, I'm thinking, at least I will personally keep in mind in the Eleventh, twelfth round. And nice. On the flip side, the guy that I am absolutely not excited by this year for some reason, this Kenny Galladay, who has always been among the, right. the top seven or ten receivers taken. I just don't. I, I no longer trust him. Plus, mm-hmm. the Giants are, in my mind, maybe the least interesting team in the NFL this year. So so those are two guys that come to mind as, you know, random thoughts.
0: <laughs> nice, nice random thoughts. You, there is overlap there because uh, I was also thinking about Kenny Galladay and I was actually a little bit on the optimistic side, not so okay. much for him. I had actually upgraded Daniel Jones' potential because of him. Now that could be sure. really uh, dumb on my part. Uh, I was talking to somebody, my cousin basically, about how uh, maybe Daniel Jones would be a sleeper and he was like totally shocked because he, uh, he had a rough time last year with him. But one of the reasons <laughs> I felt that way, Ravi, is because of Kenny Galladay. I, I, like you said, he has been good so far in Detroit whenever he played, right? He had some injury issues. Uh, but I, I agree with you. The, the Another depressing thing about the New York teams is they keep getting that attention anyways, and they are completely uninteresting for the most part. Both the yes. jets and the giants, both of right? them,
1: yes. and yes. and
0: for the most part, the Knicks too over the last twenty years. But uh, last year was a good, you know, turn for them. Uh, you know, in all all sports, they get all the attention. But the Giants and Jets have always been... Even during their peak Super Bowl runs, Ravi, I've never found them very interesting with Eli. They, they,
1: yeah, right? I, yeah, agreed. In fact, you know, what's ironic, Arvind, is from the time that we started following the NFL, which obviously coincided with when we moved to this country, the only season where I felt like, okay, the Giants games on a... Sunday afternoon would be worth watching is in uh, two years ago when Saquon entered the scene. And that's the one guy I felt all, in all these years that, you know, kind of drew you on to watch him because he was capable of bringing True. off like a random ATR touchdown. And so it was really unfortunate that he got injured badly last season. So there is a huge question mark about him as well. Right. Which brings the Giants again back to, you know, boring, listless, potentially uninteresting play.
0: Yeah, he's also pretty uh, hyped right now from a fantasy standpoint. It'll be interesting to see how, uh, you know, we play him, right? If we have an option to pick him. Uh, Especially for me at three, it looks like these are all some of the decisions I need to deal with. Yes. Uh, Yes. But for injury, yeah, that guy is a legit stud. Uh, The Jets even, Ravi, I've been a little bit intrigued by them because I like Bill Parcells. If you go really (laughs) back in the day, you know, they had a Chad Pennington run and all that. Even Rex Ryan uh, era with Mark Sanchez and all that. I found it kind of amusing. Uh, But the Giants have always been a little bit lower on my uh, uh, wish list. Uh, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. uh, What do you
0: think is uh, the... uh, you know NFC West situation is. Did you see the Seahawks uh, have signed uh, Jamal Adams today on a yeah. long-term contract?
1: You know that signing. The signing further seals the fact that I think the NFC West again this year is going to be the toughest, the best uh, uh, division for sure. Right. Uh, and. It it this year is actually even, you know, more complicated for the Cardinals because I genuinely think that all four teams are not only good on offense, but on defense as well, or, or vice versa. In the sense that there is actually, I don't think, a real weak link on either side of the ball on any of the four teams. True. Uh, if
0: anything, it's the Cardinals who probably had to, uh, you know, both the Cardinals and the Rams probably had to step up a little bit on defense. And I'm i feel like they at least the cardinals have done that
1: they have done that exactly yeah. and and now the 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 one uh, you know uh, uncertainty obviously with the cardinals is that the moves they have made we'll just have to wait and see if they pan out but just on name you know on 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 the on the face of it it seems like they have again made the right moves picked the right people uh, we'll just have to wait and see but like i am really Scared for the Cardinals purely because of the growth or the development in each of the teams, and I'm the one who I remember had said that they will probably sweep the division uh, this year, and uh, I don't think that happening at all.
0: Right, I'm I'm waiting for the Seahawks to take a step back, but I have been waiting for like ten years now. That's right. So uh, with Russell Wilson there, they have always been relevant and hard to beat. But I'm really hoping uh, they take a big step backwards this time. But that's just hope. you know. As they say, hope is not a strategy. Uh, what do you think about the Niners? Uh, again, we live in the Bay Area. We hear a lot of the chatter. Uh, they are in the division. They have a bunch of question marks too coming into the year. Uh, they have this rookie quarterback who seems to have a lot of potential. But then again, he's kind of raw. Uh, I am really intrigued by... What they are going to do, I I agree with you. Their defense may may be fine. Uh, I don't know if they will be elite like the year they went to the Super Bowl. They may have a, they may have a, you know, a opportunity to be that elite. But whether or not they get there, they'll be decent, right? Yes. Their offense. Uh, there's some Trey Lance hype. There's some Brandon Ayuk hype. Uh, And then there is Jimmy Garoppolo still starting. Uh, The whole situation seems a little murky to me, but interesting.
1: Yeah, and in fact, I have a fantasy spin on, or at least a personal fantasy take on the Niners, and that has to do with my typical strategy uh, during the draft. This year, again, I'll be super happy if, if I go along with picking, you know, running back, running back in the first two rounds, and even picking a running back in round three, if... In round four, I end up with Brandon Ayuk as my number one wide receiver. I am so optimistic about him this year that I would not... I, in fact, I not only will I not mind, I would be thrilled if he's my number one wide receiver. Wow, nice. Yeah, he, there's a lot of hype
0: for him and I think uh, there is something there. I also noticed, Ravi, speaking of Niners and Fantasy, that Mastert has fallen down uh, quite a bit. So, I, I think it's also because of injuries and I'm, they have a, a yeah a kid Yeah, I'm assuming. They drafted a kid, right?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm assuming it's mostly injury related. And uh, Trey Sermon, right? Trey Sermon is the guy they yes. drafted in round three or something like that. Yes.
0: So, the yeah. rankings, uh, I don't know, you, you've seen this, they are pretty close to each other, but way lower than where Maustat uh, was last year.
1: Yeah. And what was surprising, Arvind, in that, in, in, you know, speaking of the Niners' backfield, Sermon has the, you know, obviously has the, has the uh, momentum in being a high draft pick. mastered, has the pessimism surrounding his injury. But for some reason, Jeffrey Wilson is not even being drafted, right?
0: Said, I thought he left town.
1: I thought he's still with the Niners. And maybe yeah, I'm wrong. I
0: thought he went to, Salah took him to uh, the oh, Jets. Oh, is that right? Is that right? Let me see. Uh, maybe I'm confusing it. Uh, Wikipedia still says he's a running back for the Niners. Uh, you, you are right. Why did I think Salah took him?
1: Uh, um, and my he, bad. You know, and he may Go not. Ahead. I mean, wh- who knows? Maybe he makes the team. Maybe he doesn't. But there were times last year, even after Mostert came back from injury, when mm-hmm. uh, Shanahan actually preferred running Wilson as the primary back. So, yeah. But... All of it probably is just a derivative of them picking Trey Sermon, and now the things being murky. But to me, you know, if you were playing in like an 18-team, uh, uh, you know, deep uh, league, uh, you could do worse than picking Wilson as your last pick. Definitely, definitely.
0: Cool. Uh, Let's do a couple more uh, deep dives as the, you know, uh, preseason rolls along. I'm sure we'll get deeper into fantasy. Anything else you want to hit in this part, uh, Ravi, before we wrap this short and sweet session and hope
1: to, uh, you know, do it again soon? Yeah, no, nothing more. Nothing more to add. I mean, I think it's uh, really something to look forward to and uh, catch up with you again next week.
0: Yeah, let's do some uh, sleepers and boom and busts uh, uh, in fantasy next
1: week. Absolutely.